I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Today's match is in the books, and we're breaking it down. This is your RSL post-match show on the RSL Radio Network. Welcome into the RSL post-match show here on the RSL Radio Network. Jake Hatch, Lauren Beck, Spencer Warren breaking things down. And uh, right off the top, guys, uh, as good as that first half felt for RSL, (laughs) second half uh, feels maybe just as bad, if not worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank yes. you for that analysis, Lord. I like yeah, that. yeah, I was, uh, I was real excited at halftime. Well, I think uh, all of us were. We they all, were looking... yeah. At halftime, we were all like, "Wow, who's this team? What's going on, guys?" Yeah. And and then it just it went down. I even up until the second goal, I was feeling okay about mm-hmm. things. Like the second goal went in, and I was like, "All right, this is still doable." Uh, but then it just, I don't even necessarily think it was like one hundred percent RSL playing poorly as much as it also was just st louis being a second half team but 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 rsl did have some really sloppy turnovers Mm -hmm. um i it just yeah unfortunate well then i want to i want (laughs) that to ever not on video that 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 look almost gave it gave us everything we needed to know but two Pretty horrendous turnovers in the attacking third. Give St. Louis their second and third goals, and that after that, it was just it was like all she wrote, folks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you come out and you give up a goal straight away after mm-hmm. a, a, a really solid first forty-five minutes, something to build on, mm-hmm. and to come out on your heels. Um, uh, it's I'll say unforgivable. It is because it's the one that's that's really undone us um, and started the uh, the rot, so to speak. But you know, it's just those positionings. You know, we're, we're poor clearances or, or dilly dallying on the ball and not being aware of your surroundings. Obviously, Paulo Ruiz probably won't play a pass like that to to Jao Klaus. I mean, it's his best assist that I've seen in a while, but just for the wrong team, unfortunately. But this team, this St. Louis team, is absolutely ruthless, and they just keep going. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I was that. Im- I wasn't overly impressed with them the first forty-five minutes. It was mm-hmm. certainly RSL, uh, but they they went up another gear. And again, I thought 
the altitude might play a little bit of a, a role. Their mm-hmm. first experience, not nothing. I mean, obviously, RSL had a couple of chances. They were just going for broke. Um, but you saw the St. Louis team just fight tooth and nail to make sure they got that clean sheet for their captain and uh, goalkeeper, Roman Berkey. We'll let you hear from Pablo Ruiz as well as players after this one. We'll carry those live for you on the RSL post-match show. We'll continue to break this down. We'll also take a look around what's going on in Major League Soccer this week as well. Match day five is St. Louis City SC, as DJ pointed out right before they took the break. They are the best expansion side in terms of five matches in their in their run as a franchise they're five and oh they have won all five of them and they've just bagged goals 15 goals now on the season i think for them 15 yeah absolutely insane 11 of those in the second half as well yeah, just insane <laughs> insane numbers we'll continue to break this down coming up next like i said we'll also carry uh, pablo uh, pablo maestro any's post game uh, press conference as well as any rsl players who come up to the podium as well more in a moment this is your rsl post-match show right here on the rsl radio network Welcome back to your RSL post-match show here on the RSL Radio Network. Real Salt Lake falls 4-0 to St. Louis City SC. And, man, I thought in that first half we maybe saw the most, I guess, cohesive play we'd seen from Real Salt Lake to this point in the season. And just like that, in the second half, it goes away as St. Louis City bags four goals and runs away with it. Uh, Lauren Beck, Spencer Warren, Jay Catch breaking things down after that loss for Real Salt Lake. And uh, Spencer, I'll toss this one to you. What do you do in the... We're going to hear from Pablo here in a minute, but what do you do in the postgame locker room? Do you, do you try and extol how good that first half was to these guys and try and get them to focus on that versus the debacle that was the second 45? Yeah, I mean, there's certainly something to build on. Um, obviously, under strength, undermanned as well. Um, I thought the players that came in, I thought Vera was pretty good. Uh, and uh, Emily, I thought he was really, really solid, uh, not only um, just on his RSL debut, but his professional debut. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought there was certainly uh, a good 45 minutes that we can talk about and, and build upon. It felt like there was a little bit more um, going forward, the, the, the forward passes, finding space, Dami creating space and allowing others to run in. Um, but for all the good f- uh, 45 minutes, as you mentioned in the first segment, Jake, uh, the second half, just people just, it's almost like they, they took their foot off the gas. Mm-hmm. Like, we've had a really good solid 45 minutes. Instead of building and continuing those high standards, uh, they took their foot off the gas. And, and as we said, this, this St. Louis team is absolutely ruthless. Yeah, they're, uh, they're relentless. The 45, yeah. And, and they just keep going. They just want to score goals, goals, goals. And uh, again, they're entertaining at doing it. Um, I don't think they were particularly good in the first 45 minutes. Praise RSL for that. But this is a 90-minute game. And we haven't seen a 90-minute performance from Real Salt Lake in a long, long time. And we're not just talking in 2023. Mm-hmm. There's been issues of that in 22 and 21 as well. Yeah, Lauren, we're – I don't know. It, it feels so weird to be breaking this down because we were – at halftime, I was thinking, okay, RSL, all, all they really need to do is they just need to get a goal. They need to break through. And that, I felt like, would have really kind of opened the floodgates in a way for Real Salt Lake. But instead, you have two – Brutal turnovers. The the two middle two goals for St. Louis City. Those are indefensible turnovers, and obviously Joao Klaus pounces on both of them and gets his brace as a result. Where do you go? What do you do here? <laughs> I don't, hopefully, Pablo comes on. Is what she's looking at. Well, but she's not wrong. Like, I, I am very curious as to how Pablo is going to approach this. Yeah, tonight. I mean the the problem is is. 
is I, I, I don't know how much credit to give to St. Louis and how much to, to go at Real Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. It, the first half was so great. And, and I thought the newcomers played well, the young guys that, that were getting their chances. Mm-hmm. It just, I mean, I think someone on Twitter, who was it? I'm sorry, I'm not going to give credit. It's, an, it's a national guy, said Klaus is just a, a magnet, and he mm-hmm. is. I mean, how many times is he going to be just gifted passes and, and goals this season in these first five games? It's, it's absolutely incredible, and he's taking his chances so well. But at the end of the day, RSL, it's – we're four games in, one, three, and oh. Mm-hmm. What's the, you've got to find a solution. You had a whole extra week to prepare for this very good St. Louis team, and, and it looked like you were there. But that second half, the drop-off was incredible. When you look at the sides of this team, St. Louis team, it's, they're a big, big team. But yeah. you mm-hmm. look at the stats tonight, they only put in eight crosses. Yeah. Four corners, eight crosses total. Um, they're more than that. RSL, 18. And it, Maybe one that found Musovsky's head right yep. at the end yeah. that was right at Roman Berkey. Really poor from the wide areas. And again, it just feels very, very one-dimensional when yep. it gets into the attack. We're chasing the game. We're just going to kind of pass the buck, get the ball into the box, and hopefully someone can find a scrappy goal and get, the, get it, you know, bundle it in. It's not a great way to play. And ourself fell apart in the second 45. And it felt like in that first half there just wasn't – we said at halftime there wasn't enough confidence from those strikers. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that that attack in the first half was very good from RSL. It just was kind of finding that last bit in the 18, whether it's beating your defender or or just taking the shot, that last bit of awareness of, of your situation to, to finish the play in a smart, good way. And in the second half – it really wasn't as dangerous. And then you make all of the substitutions. I I want to have faith in, in these players that are coming onto the field. I always will have faith in Jefferson Salvarino. He's one of my favorite players for this team. I think he's so fun to watch. And I think, again, tonight he was very fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I was down there right by the corner flag. I saw every time he was beating his defender and getting around them. It was so good. But the crosses into the box weren't finding anybody for real from anybody, as Spence said. Um yeah, it's and you took out your your big man Demir there when you're if that's your game plan then you've got to have your big man in the box because he's he's got the noggin as we've discussed. Well, and that's the thing about it is you mentioned it, Spano. That St. Louis team looked noticeably just across the board bigger mm-hmm. than Real Salt Lake, mm-hmm. and they you mentioned they, they didn't they were played very direct. It was kind of a bunch of one on one play, but Real Salt Lake if they're going to cross it in, you've got to have bodies as Lauren talked about. They can get up there as Dunny likes to say, get up there like rise like a trout or, or salmon yeah. out of water and get your head on it. And that's been a problem for us. Like when they don't have Dami in the lineup is having that target man in the box. Yeah. And, and obviously, the, you know, they're still looking at that number nine. I'm hoping mm-hmm. it's going to be a sizable figure that kind of like uh, almost a traditional number nine where he can hold the ball up and get others into play, which is what Dami did as he was a number nine a couple of years ago yeah. uh, when RSL were forced into to playing him as a striker. Uh, you saw the benefits of that. The issue is now is that this team is significantly weaker and it has been made weaker season over season for mm-hmm. the last couple of le- a couple of seasons. You look at Albert Rusnak. He was the main playmaker and he might have got... Um, you know, pelters here and there, but 
you've lost the creativity of him just wanting the ball and being the man on the ball. You've got Paulo Ruiz who can do it, but he's yeah. not as effective and he's nowhere near the class of, of Albert Rusnak, I'm sorry. Uh, and then so everything falls to the feet of Savarino. He's the one who's got to make something out of nothing, and that is not a way to play. It's really not. There's not a lot of cohesion. For, for as good as that for, first 45 minutes was, um, it was a more of a cohesive unit. When you, when you go a goal down uh, because you can't keep people out and you can't, you can't buy a, a clean sheet at this moment in time, you're looking at one player to run at people and to Correct. make something happen out of nothing. And it's just, it's just I just don't get it. They've had the entire offseason to figure this out with two or three extra players coming in. Uh, it's been a really rough run. Uh, we're w- awaiting Pablo Mastroeni to sit down at the podium. We'll carry that for you as soon as he sits down. Now, uh, in terms of... I guess some players who stood out in tonight's time. I, I, I'm still impressed with Emeka Anelli. I thought for his first ever MLS action, plays go the full 90 at left back. Very impressed with that young man, especially he was just signed to a first-team contract this week. Yeah, no, I thought he was absolutely solid. I mean, talk about being thrown into to the deep end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the RSL have got a player that I, I won't say will effectively push Andrew Brody, but I think it's someone that you can trust. I, I'd like to see him get a few more minutes mm-hmm. um, off the bench. I'd like to see him maybe start the U.S. Open Cup, maybe um, depending on how Leagues Cup goes in July, maybe get some more minutes there. But I certainly feel like he's got an opportunity, um, particularly with can Marcelo Silva stay yeah. fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe. Uh, but then you've got Brian Vera's coming into the middle. Does Andrew mm-hmm. Brody always switch to left back? I don't really particularly want to see Brian Oviedo, but that's you know that's by the by. <laughs> and and I, I, and I, I misspoke. It was, it was right him. back for the full ninety for Emily. Before I get somebody that tweets at me, and, yo, your positions, Jake. It was actually right back when the full ninety. And uh, the other thing, Brian Vera, and I'll, I'll let you address this one, Lauren. I thought for his first uh, Real Salt Lake action, very strong going up against a guy like Joel Klaus. I know the brace aside, those were two. Uh, goals that he wasn't necessarily responsible for. But I thought overall, Vera, for his first RSL action, pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he shrugged off in that first half. He shrugged off Klaus and Mm -hmm. uh, Giacchini um, within, like, moments of each Mm -hmm. other. I thought he – and he had a very good look on goal right at the end of the first half. Very unlucky not to score. Yes. I I, I really enjoyed – the the two additions to the back line. Mm -hmm. Andrew Brody, I thought, played fine. He definitely looked – Again, sitting down there, um, I mean, it's late in the game and the yeah. man's running the sideline like crazy, but he looked really gassed, um, more so than I would have liked to have seen um, <laughs> at that point. It it just, yeah, I, I okay, well, well, we'll focus on the good things. I, I do agree. Vera and um, Anelli had, had good debuts for Real Salt Lake tonight. Mm-hmm. I thought that they were very fantastic. I would love to see more of both of them, as Espeno said, maybe in an open cup as well. I, you know, I thought that uh, Paulo Ruiz, apart from the awful giveaway, for, yeah. I yeah. think it was the third goal, wasn't it? The third um, goal, yeah. I thought he had a little bit more bite and a little bit yes. more direction in the midfield. He just needs a little bit more help. I thought Loffelson was poor yeah. tonight. Um, mm-hmm. Good energy, as you would expect from Loffelson. He's always had that energy. But yeah. some of his passing was just mind-boggling. I don't mm-hmm. know what, what he was thinking. But yeah. again, um, I, I just think until RSL really um, figure out how they want to play in the midfield. Um, I just, yeah, it just feels like uh, round peg square holes, that type of thing uh, at times. So, yeah, uh, it, 
good to see him back. Yeah. And the two debuts, two debutants, I thought were were really really solid and something to build on. My question with Pablo Ruiz is, I feel every season we we he starts off so strong. True. And plays really well and has a game like this where he's going into tackles so hard and he's getting into the attack and he's getting back on defense and then it just fades as we get like into the summer and it never mm-hmm. really comes sure. back. Yeah. Um, and so that's I, for me that's something I'm keeping an eye on throughout the season. I want to see Pablo have a good year, not just like a good beginning of the year and then an okay rest of the year. I want I want to see this Pablo where he's making great tack- smart tackles mm-hmm. and being the the defensive midfielder that we want and that this club has had previously. Yeah, they absolutely. I thought he, he was he brought some bite to that midfield and some yeah. spent spent on I know that's your one of your favorite terms, but he he was able to put his foot in there, win the ball. His his distribution, that was the one thing I I really liked is he was able to link up the the back line with the front line with his ability to ping balls back and forth. And he's so comfortable in tight spaces, yes, which exactly. is what something that that we don't have, you know, that he's brave enough to turn in those tight mm-hmm. spaces and just open his hips up and, and get the ball and, and spread it out. It's something that RSL haven't had uh, the first three games, so it was nice to have him in there. Um, again, uh, I think he and Brian Ojeda complement each other. You just tweak that formation a little bit and you get somebody to protect the back four and allow them to go forward a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the three attackers in front of them would, would have a lot of joy. Pablo sitting down at the podium now. We'll go right down to it. Here's Pablo Mascheroni after Arsenal loses 4-0. Um, Caleb, you want to start? Um, I'm just curious, what's the what, what are the conversations like after a game like that, Pablo, in, in the locker room? Um, I mean, obviously disappointed. Uh, you know, I think you have a, a, a really good start to the game. Uh a, a very good first half and you know I think our, our 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 biggest issue is not being able to put the ball in the back of net and you can only defend for so long without capitalizing on those moments because those moments change games and uh you know they got a fortuitous goal on, on on their corner and I think the disappointing part is how the mood and the mindset um kind of left us right and then you can see two three and four and you know that's what we talked about is is that strong teams look at that first goal as an obstacle they don't look at it like the end of the world right and and again i think we've been putting a lot of pressure on ourselves as as a collective defense by not capitalizing on opportunities and if you don't score goals you don't win games um what uh what is it about this St. Louis team, in your opinion, that makes them so dangerous? I mean, his, historic start of the season with, with five, five wins in a row, that doesn't happen often, if at all. So what, what, what's, what are they doing that's working? Uh, that's a good question. I, I think there's so many variables that go into getting results. Um, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, they fight really hard for each other, um, and, and, they, and they battle, and, you know, they, they put teams under pressure going long, and, and they pick up second balls. And they just don't stop, you know, and I think um, we did a great job of that in the first half of really neutralizing what they do and, and really taking advantage of some of those opportunities. Um, but, uh, the, you know, they're in a good way. They're catching the breaks. And and uh, I think as a collective, they're, they're, they're a strong group. 
Pablo, um, in the first half, you guys did a really good job of matching up with them physically. Um, you guys did a really good job of trying to find opportunities. What was the kind of the conversation at the halftime, and what are the changes you guys wanted to make going into that second half? We wanted to do more of what we did in the first half. Um, but again, when, when goals change games, and it changes psychology, it changes momentum. Um, and, and I just felt like we stopped playing after we conceded the first goal. And, you know, I, I don't know why that is. Um, and that's something that we have to kind of talk through uh, this week. But again, the first half, if we created enough opportunities in the half to score a goal. And if you don't score goals, you're not, you're not changing their psychology. They're thinking, how did we get out of that half without conceding, given that we didn't have a lot of the ball? Uh, again, there's th- really three objectives that, that we wanted to achieve in this game. One, we wanted to compete the right way, and we did that in the first half. Second, balls were huge, given the way they play, and they go long. Guys in the middle did a great job of, of winning those second balls. Um, and th- the last thing was, we want to score a goal. Right, so we achieved two of the three, and, and the last one is, is obviously the hardest and, and, and the most critical to really put teams on their heels. You know, when you're away from home, you can see that first goal. It's difficult mentally to get back in the game, and you know we just weren't able to find it. We're four games into this season now. Um, we're sitting out three losses and the win in Vancouver. What's kind of maybe the lessons that you guys have learned? What's maybe kind of lessons that you've learned from this team in those first four games, and that you guys think you guys can just need to improve on besides the goal scoring? Well, I think again, goal scoring helps the wins, and wins help the 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 confidence of the group. You know, so it'd be I'd be remiss not to not to point that out and make that the part. If 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 you if you score again, if you score the first goal, you have confidence and you have belief, and you double down on what you're doing. If you concede, now you have a little bit of doubt. Um, the other thing is, as a group, we just we, we just got to be we just got to be stronger as a, as, as a group of 30 players. You know, I think there's been for various reasons, the first four games, there's been a lot of chop and change with players in players out players gone, not available because of visa uh, Jasper suspended in the second game. There hasn't been uh, one game where you've, we've had the whole group and been able to go, okay, this is what we have, you know, and, and tonight, obviously with those players away on international duty and all the injuries that we have currently um, didn't help that. So, I think we 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 got to get back to the basics of team, everyone playing for each other, um, especially because of the situation that we've currently confronted in the first four games. And I guess my last question is: What's kind of is there any concern or any, I guess, any worry that you guys have started the season with two losses at home? Again, I think every game is its own event. I think if you can. Um, listen, that's, that's very disappointing, right? Home in this league is, is, is critical. Um, but then I look at it and I go, the optimistic self says, all right, now you got to go on the road and do it. I mean, you know, there's no, there's no way to look into the future and, and see if this was a great, great thing for us to come together as a group, um, and, and really rally around, um, we don't want to feel like this. We don't want to do this for our fans. And and, and again, I I want to thank the fans for sticking around it's not easy to stick around, you know, when your team is um, getting beat 4-0. But even at the end, I think it was the same thing. We want a goal. We want, we want, we want a reason to stand on our feet and cheer. Like, and so again, it all goes back to the same thing. If you can't find the back of the net, no one's going to be happy, uh, including the fans. Pablo, esto recién comienza. Tenemos muchos juegos todavía por 
seguir. ¿Sientes, sin quitarle el mérito a San Luis, sientes que no nos ganan si no lo perdemos? Hay un sentimiento que, 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 que eso es la verdad, que perdimos el partido. Tuvimos varias oportunidades en el primer tiempo para marcar el primer gol. Y también los goles, los, los tres goles fueron... El primer gol, un tiro de esquina. El segundo gol, puro comunicación, resuelva la problema. El tercer gol, le regalamos un pase fácil. Y esos son momentos, cuando no hay confianza, eso, esos momentos pasan. Pero como un grupo, tenemos que fortalecer el, el grupo para pensar que nos hicieron un gol, pero tenemos la calidad, tenemos, tenemos, tenemos el plan para seguir para adelante y encontrar el, el gol de empate. So do you want to answer in English for them or just if you want me to continue? Um, so the thought was... No, it's fine. Okay, okay. La, la otra es, si bien es cierto el resultado no ayuda, pero te conformas con los debutantes que lo han hecho muy bien, Vera, excelente técnica, no se desespera, muy tranquilo él, también eh, los que han estado... Sí, sí lo han hecho bien. Yo creo que los errores han sido por tal vez gente que no debía equivocarse para regalar prácticamente los goles, pero los debutantes han estado perfectos. ¿Eso te tranquiliza? Sí, pero para mí, eh, sí, lo, lo que iniciaron, eh, estoy contento, pero en el fútbol es un grupo y perdemos juntos y ganamos juntos. O sea, necesitamos eh, levantar el nivel del colectivo y, y eso para mí es, es el, el desafío para el grupo no es un, un jugador porque un jugador puede tener un, un buen partido pero si perdemos el partido perdemos todo así para mí la, la concentración para esta semana es el, es el, el carácter de, 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 del grupo y cómo, sum, cómo sumamos eh, la, la, la mentalidad que, que vamos a ganar, que si un compañero no está, no está bien, ¿cómo lo levantamos? ¿Cómo, ¿Cómo hacemos para levantar ese jugador? Y pues, y eso es el fútbol. Gracias. The question was just in terms of the debut, such as Vera and how they've done well or the mistakes they've done. Yes, I'm happy, but in football, it's a group effort. We lose together and we win together. Um, collectively, we have to raise that effort and that's what matters. It's not just one player and whether they do well or not, it's a collective effort and how we manage the mentality side of us winning. If one teammate is not doing well, it's how we lift them up together. Chandler. Hi, Pablo. I just want to know what you thought of Ruiz tonight. You, you know, again, I think I think it was a fantastic first half, and it was a a tough second half, really. Um, you know, I think he he brings a lot with the ball, and I think I think in the first half, you know, like I said, him and Jasper did a great job gobbling up second balls, um, switching the point of attack, which is you know a big area of of focus for this week. Um, but in the second half, I think really him and and, and the group as a collective really. Um, couldn't find that same type of uh, drive and, 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 and execution that, that we're looking for. Awesome, thank you. Hablan, hablando un poco ya sobre el rival, 
eh, se sabía que era el equipo debutante que tenía mejor inicio. Estaban 4-0 antes del partido, 5-0 en ese momento. ¿Te sorprendió realmente lo que viste del San Luis Fútbol Club? Eh, ¿Te sorprendió cómo jugaron la agresividad que tenían? No, está, yo creo para mí este partido estamos mejor preparados para este partido porque tuvimos dos semanas. Eh, para mí sabemos que, que son un equipo fuerte, que van para adelante, que, que luchan por 90 minutos y pues como, como dije antes, no, no, no ganaron, pero también uh, hicimos unos, algunos errores que, que, que no se debe ser y, y pues ahora hay que, hay que encontrar el, la manera para, para mejorar ese momento. ¿Qué le decías también a tus jugadores en el segundo tiempo cuando la situación se estaba complicando? Eh, hubo muchos errores en la salida de balón. ¿Qué era lo que le estabas comunicando tú para que hubiera esa tranquilidad? Porque se veía en los jugadores después de cada gol que no había tranquilidad en ellos. Sí, eh, de, de la línea es eh, eh, un poco difícil porque si gritas de la línea le ponen más presión a los jugadores. La problema se, se debe resolver en la cancha. Y, ese, y, y, y por eso dije, cuando un compañero no anda, eh, está en un momento mal, ¿cómo hacemos como compañero en la cancha para ayudarte, para, para levantar el, el, el jugador? Porque de la línea se si empiezo a gritar, le, le, le pongo más, más, más presión y eso no, no, no es una cosa que se necesita en ese momento. Uh, speaking of the rival we knew it was a new team in the league and now they're 5-0 has it surprised you at all to see how they've been playing no i think we were the better we were better prepared for this game than the last we knew this was a strong team and like i said before they won but we did make a few mistakes that we shouldn't have made and now we have to find a way to make things better um and then the second question was what did you say to your players at the second half when things were getting complicated What did, you what did you tell your players to clear their mind? Um, that's why I said when one team has a bad moment, it's what we do collectively to lift a player because if I start yelling from the line, I'm only adding more pressure. All right, we'll finish up with one more. Hey, Pablo. <clears throat> so this game looked like a tale of two halves, really. Um, I know you've touched on the second half a little bit. I'm curious what the conversations were with the team before the game because the first half, it seemed like a really solid performance. Yeah, no, again, uh, we had two weeks to prepare for this game. Uh, we knew exactly how we wanted to go about the game on both sides of the ball, and, and, and the guys executed. The only thing missing was the goal, you know, and I, and I think that's, that's been kind of our Achilles heel in the first couple games. Uh, we got to find the back of the net, and... and, and, and Because goals change games, change momentum, change psychology, and I felt we did enough in that first half to find one. I think Vera at the end there had a had a really good chance. Um, but 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 again, I think the guys executed. Um, they were ready. Um, you know, the second half starts, and when you concede a you know a set piece goal, it really deflate it deflated the group today. And I think that's the bigger question: is why did it def deflate the group? And and so those are conversations that we'll have, you know, in in lieu of our next game. But uh, but but again, I think the guys. We're great in the first half. Pablo, uh, Brian Vera obviously gets his, his debut today with the team. Um, and from what I saw, played pretty well. Um, I'd also like to highlight Emeka and Nelly. I thought he played pretty well as well. Right back, not a, a traditional right back um, throughout most of his collegiate career. 
Um, I guess, how do you think kind of those guys played, in the, especially in the first half? And what is it that you can take away, if anything, from this game to carry over and, and maybe learn to be better and, and get a result in in, uh, in Columbus? Yeah, no, I think um, I think they both played well. You know, uh, as individually, they, they both did um, a, a really good job. Um, you know, I think uh, Brian um, slid into center back and, and was calm on the ball, had a had, quite a few switches of, of play, which is really important for us. Um, found passes between the lines. Um, and it just always felt like he was, he, we were going to build through his side. Um, defensively, I thought his positioning was good. I thought his bite was good. He had some isolated 1v1 uh, moments, in, the, in particular in the second half, and I thought he handled them really, really well. And then Emeka is a player that uh, we've had the opportunity to have since preseason, um, and he's just a really cerebral player. And we've played him in, in four or five different positions in preseason, given all the different players coming in and out. And um, and so we've been training him there for the last few weeks and has done a really good job of, of learning that position. Um, and so he's, he's a player that uh, I think uh, will only get better with time. All right. Thank you, Pablo. Thanks, guys. There you go, uh, Pablo Mastroeni after RSL loses 4 nothing, And I'm not going to lie, that's a longer, much longer press conference after a loss like this than I would have fully anticipated. Uh, we'll take a time out here. We'll come back on the other side, get you some of the player audio as well. This is the RSL post-match show right here on the RSL radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Network. Here we go. RSL post-match show continues on. Emeka Anelli, the rookie, sitting down at the podium addressing the media right now. I'll let us know that during preseason, he's kind of been moving you around, playing a lot of different positions. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are you, I guess it's fair to say, are you more comfortable playing an attacking role? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you seemed pretty comfortable tonight at right back. Um, is that kind of what you anticipate you'll be doing this season, just kind of playing wherever Pablo puts you? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to do whatever, whatever the team needs me to do, but I think uh, I'm more... Usually I play more more midfield as like maybe a ten or an eight, but I think I'm I'm well versed. I can also play as a outside back, as a winger. So in preseason, as you said, I did play uh, up top. I played in the middle. I played out wide. I played fullback as well. So I think just wherever the team needs me, whatever I can do to help this team this team succeed is what what I'll try and do. Thanks, Mecca. Mm-hmm. Hey, Mecca. So um, first half obviously was was a good performance from the team. Uh, how do you feel about your performance from the first half, and I guess through the whole game? I think I think it was it was a solid debut. I mean, obviously, I said I was a little bit nervous coming in, but I think with my with my teammates there helping me, the communication, you know, before the game, I got some tips from Dami. Um, it it just helped me out. It helped me feel a little bit more at home when I was playing. Um, obviously, the first half went well. Uh, it was no no going into halftime. We had a lot of good chances. If we score those chances, like I think the game could could end up differently. And we go into the second half, and obviously we crumbled a little bit. They scored a goal off the corner, and then we kind of just fell apart. Um, I, we can't let that happen in the future, but 
it's soccer. You, you, don't, you don't take your chances and they can turn out like that. So we'll just learn from it and then regroup on Monday and then go again uh, next Saturday in Columbus. Yeah. You mentioned uh, learning from Dami a little bit. Is there any, any other players on the team that have kind of coached you a little bit as far as your defensive ability and, and kind of helping you along that way? Mm-hmm. I think um, Dami, yeah, gave me some tips on Thursday, just saying it was going to be my debut this weekend, you know, just to take it easy, do what you've been doing in training. Which was which was very helpful. I think <clears throat> Justin Glad as well. Obviously, he was playing next to me, right center back. Uh, he's been in the league for a long time. He started when he was only only 16 or 17, and I think the communication that he's been giving me is just really helpful, especially playing right there. I think Zach as well as a keeper. He talks a lot, and when you're when you're making your debut or when you're new, you like that's what you need. People to can continue to communicate to you. And so I think those two guys were really helpful uh, today as well. Thank you. Anyone else? Hey, Mecca. Uh, again, just to reiterate, for congratulations on, on the debut. Congratulations on the start. Kind of throughout the week, throughout preparation for this game, when did you kind of have the idea or know that you were going to debut tonight? Um, I think hmm, I think I maybe got the, the notion on Tuesday a little bit. But obviously, we train Monday, Tuesday. We have Wednesday off. And then when we came back in on Thursday. You know, we do a lot of tactical work, kind of like with the starting 11 group, sort of like that. I think that's when I really knew Thursday that I would most likely be getting the nod um, and then just prepared for that. And on Thursday, did you know you were, go- you were going to start or was it just like um, be coming into the game somehow? Uh, I kind of got the notion that I was going to start on Thursday, kind of how, how we were situated when we were training. I kind of, I kind of knew. And so did it, did that, do you think that gave you like enough time to prepare for like the moment? Obviously, it's your debut. You got the jitters out. Did that give you enough time, or were you like maybe like, oh, like? Honest, <laughs> honestly, I feel like I feel like the less time you have, I think the better it is. Because once I knew, kind of that whole Thursday, Friday, this morning as well, that was when I was the most nervous. But like once I got to the field, once I started warming up, that's when the nerves kind of went away. So just the longer I knew like it was going to be my debut, it was kind of the more nervous I got. But once I got here, it kind of kind of went away. So. Yeah. Uh, your first MLS game, but you know you've not your first soccer game. So I'm cu- I'm curious from uh, what was it like playing against this this St. Louis team? Um, they've had a historic start to the season. What was it about uh, the least that you noticed from from their play on both sides of the ball that re- that made them so effective? Yeah, I think I think one thing about them they're they're a very hardworking team. I mean, I feel like they don't have really any like star star caliber players that you can pick out and be like. We have to get him. We have to get him. I think all of them just work together as a team really well, and they all work really hard. And obviously, that's that's the toughest thing to play against. And um, I think we matched that in the first half. Obviously, uh, kind of fell fell apart as I said earlier a little bit in the second half and missed some chances in the first half. And that's just what happens. But I think I think their resilience to go the full ninety, which is what they've done in the last four games and then this game as well, is is really impressive, especially as a new a new club. And then what were the conversations like uh, in the locker room after after the game? Um, I think I think all of us were just were disappointed, obviously, because we knew we had a first half and we knew we, we knew we had to keep it going for the for the second 45. And just. We really didn't didn't feel like a four no loss was kind of the, the right result we, we should have gotten. So like some some heads were down, you know, we're obviously disappointed, but I think I think that's a, that's a usual response to happen. I think we'll we'll all learn from this, come back again on Monday, and then just get get right back at it. 
Hey, hi, John. To congrats on your first game. You did really good. Your surprise to us. Your performance was uh, perfect. Your surprise to us. And when we're calling the game, everybody was surprised about you and telling it's the first game and how he's doing, how he's fronting. It's hard for a first time playing and losing this, <laughs> how we lost it. So, uh, what will be your words for the team? I mean, for the fans, because this is hard for you, mm -hmm. far for the, uh, for the fans, far for hard for the coach. So what you can say to the fans? Mm -hmm. I think, I think what I can say right now is I think we're only, we're only four games into the season. Obviously, uh, it's a it's a very very long season. Not only with just MLS, but Open Cup games, League Cup games as well. I think there's there could be a total of 50 games, and we've only played four right now. So I know maybe some of the results haven't gone our way, but uh, I know the type of players that we have in the locker room, the type of coaches we have, and the culture that they they foster around us. And it's one that even if we we get knocked down, we're always going to come back and fight even harder. So I think. I think in the near future, I think a lot of the results will go our way. And like, we're, we're never going to back down from a challenge. We're going to always continue to fight, fight, fight. And uh, that's what we'll do starting on Monday in, in training and then going into the game next Saturday in Columbus. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Thank you, Naka. Thank you. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks, guys. That's all we've got. There you go. Mecca Anelli talking about his debut for in Major League Soccer for Real Salt Lake tonight. And... Uh, interesting to hear him talk about it. He's like, I just he, he he's willing to take on any position he needs, and that, that's the thing about it. That, that mentality is going to serve him well. I thought he fit in quite well at right back tonight, and the hope is that he can can build off a performance like tonight. I know it was a rough loss, but a young man like that should take confidence knowing, hey, I can hang with the best in this league. Yeah, I I enjoyed watching him play tonight. I thought he had a a good game, especially for it being his first. Um, Oh, sorry. Uh oh. Apparently, my mic is kind of quiet. There I think we my go. voice is going uh, <laughs> from yelling from the stands tonight. Um, yeah, I, I've enjoyed. I enjoyed his play tonight. I thought he fit in well. Um, sounded really confident. Good, good little press conference from mm -hmm. him as well. Very well spoken, and I, I enjoyed. Uh, I enjoyed his plays. An unfortunate result for his uh, his first match with Real Salt Lake, getting that start. But I, I thought he. Uh, could take some pride in his performance tonight in that. Debut. All right. We'll continue to break this down. We'll get some social media reaction. A lot of you weigh in. If you want to weigh in, uh, please tweet at us. Lawrence at Lars underscore MM, correct? See I'm you. at Jacob C. Hatch. You also can send it to the KSL Sports Zone Twitter accounts. Love your feedback. We'll get to some of that. We'll also take a look around how Major League Soccer went as we continue on right here on the RSL Postmatch Show on the RSL Radio Network. Welcome back to your RSL post-match show here. Real Salt Lake falls 4-0 to St. Louis City SC. Uh, some of the social media reaction rolling in, and as you would predict, Spenno, uh, there are people who are calling for heads, essentially calling mm -hmm. for coach, GM, whoever they are dissatisfied with on this. That's a large amount of the reaction here. Uh, I get that is something that people want to go to, but it's so early on, it feels like that might be, in a way, a tad bit hasty. Yes, but at the same time, I mean, the issue I have, Jake and mm -hmm. Lauren, is that a lot of these issues 
weren't addressed in the offseason. Sure. And, and I know the transfer window is still open, but to get these guys in at the right time, to have a full preseason, mm-hmm. to get used to their teammates, maybe get more, more familiar with the language if they're coming from, from uh, uh, non-English-speaking countries. It, it just And I know it's not that simple. I really mm-hmm. know it. it's not that simple. But at the same time, there's been three months. They should have addressed. They knew what the issues were going into the offseason and buying another right winger. That is Savarino's favorite place. I like Gomez. Don't get sure. me wrong. I'm, I'm excited to have him in the squad. But it doesn't feel like it was a, a, a true need, mm-hmm. even though the ownership group did uh, open the purse string, so to speak, and spend $4 million. There's a lot more money that needs to be spent on this squad if they want to be competitive. Because right now, this team looks so far away from even scraping into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Well, it's only been it, – it's been a couple of months of the season, right? This was game number four for RSL. Correct. But yeah, five match match days into the season, yeah. But how how much time has the front office had, has Pablo mm-hmm. had with this team? And it's it's been pretty much the same story mm-hmm. every season. The, Not that I'm calling for heads. Well, no, but, but, there's but a, there's a carryover yeah. effect from yeah. previous seasons. Of this, as Spino said, the, 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 these are things that we have seen previously that have not been addressed and or rectified, and it continues on. That's where the frustration comes, I think, for media, fans, and everybody alike. Yep. All right, uh, some other reaction rolling in. Our, our boss, Nate Dallas, saying this. What did I think? I tried not to think. He says, can't ignore that one, though. RSL has to find a finishing touch in the final third. Must be cleaner with the passing. So many passes went hourly early, and it ended up haunting them in the second half. And I, I, I completely agree with that. Had RSL, and, and Pablo points this out, you score a goal, it changes the mindset of how this game goes down, especially in the minds of St. Louis, Spenno. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, going back to my point, yeah. you've had three months to mm-hmm. come and replace Sergio Find, find a true number find, nine. Yeah. Find a true number nine. And obviously Rubio Rubin will be there. Anderson Julio will be there. Demet Krylak is obviously an option. But really, yeah, again, it's it's on the front office. But it's also on the coaching staff. Because, again, some of these things could have been rectified. And we held on and we held on for the Colombian La Cuea, um last season. And we got played. And it never happened. And we still haven't brought in that number six. It's Nothing's changed. We've just got weaker. And, and that's an issue for me. Yeah, uh, Lauren, I'll, I'll throw it. There's, there's a trio that I'm seeing here of reaction. Uh, one, has anyone looked into seances? Ha- perhaps we could conjure up as Alpha Thanos 9, who enjoys devouring opposing game models in his spare time. Then MLS Collector says, we need a proven score. Not No one on our team can score. And then I see from Brad Clark here with a clapping emoji. We clap, clap, me clap, clap, uh, clap, clap, sh- striker, clap, clap. Like, they, people realize... Th- the RSL, they need somebody who can bag goals, and they need them in, in bunches. Yeah, it's – I mean, it's been the problem for RSL for many years. Mm-hmm. Before this front office, before this head coach, this this has been a problem. And you want to act like there's – it's like unicorns when you have – a, like true number nine that's really great in this league, but they're popping up more and more. This league's spending more and more money. That's yeah. why they're show, that's why you mentioned they're popping up. The, the, yeah. the money is starting to flow, and that's why strikers are yep. coming in. And you and you just have to be finding those players that work for you. And it feels like it's just lacking for RSL. I always want it to work out when they bring someone in, like when they bring in Danny Musovski mm-hmm. or Andres Gomez or whomever, and and it just quite. Isn't it's just not there, yeah. and it's it's so frustrating because the optimist in me it just gets sad. <laughs> sure, <laughs> because I, I want to be optimistic about this team and about these players and give them a real chance, but at the end of the day, you, you're looking at 
um, a season where you're again one, three, and zero, oh, mm-hmm. and you've scored two goals through four games. That half a goal per game is not a kind total, especially when you'll get a team like St. Louis. 15 goals, five matches in the season. That's an average of three per game for them. And as Spennell pointed out, 11 of those goals coming in, in second half of, of the matches they have played so far. They, they're absolutely flying. Uh, I'm going to get the last I'm gonna get the last word here uh, social media-wise, and this one made me chuckle. It's from RSL Tweets. I'm really sick of the losing. Well, yep. I think I think everybody's sick of the losing because I also saw a tweet since July 4th last year in 26 matches since then. RSL, just six wins. Not good enough. No, not good enough. And obviously I get the patience with regards to new ownership. Mm-hmm. This is just their second transfer window that, mm-hmm. uh, they, that, you know, obviously it was announced after the first transfer window closed. Um, and, but they've, they've spent some money. I think they're willing to spend a little bit more money. Um, but can the front office get the, the, the deals over the line? Uh, again, we're always going to be a little bit hindered or hamstrung with regards to who wants to come to Salt Lake. Sure. Uh, if you can sell the dream then I, I think this is as good a place for any player that wants to uh, compete, uh, come to a league that is continuing to grow, but also your family environment as well. This, this has got a lot. You talk about people wanting to come to New York and L.A. That's great. That's fine. That's very, very, you know. It's natural. Yeah, I get it. But at the same time, there's, there's some really good places here to live. Um, and, and if you can't sell the dream with this beautiful stadium, the, the training facilities, mm-hmm. um, the ownership group that I think is exciting, um, sensible but exciting, um, that they're willing to spend some money, um, I think that the, the ambition needs to match and the quality has to match. The front office stuff, the coaching stuff, it has to match the quality that you're trying to put on the field as well. Yeah, well, we have this debate all the time in my sports radio gig that I have with KSL Sports and with, the, with regards to the Utah Jazz. To a man almost, it feels like when a Utah Jazz player comes to Salt Lake, doesn't necessarily have a connection here, they end up usually loving it. And that's the thing. You get them here, they usually they end up, okay, it's a pretty awesome place to be. The problem is, is that, that initial, you've got to get them here in the first place. And that, that can be, that's the challenge in, in many circumstances. Yeah, and you look at Jefferson Savarino came yeah. here, made a name for himself, became one of the most dangerous players in Major League Soccer, mm-hmm. gets his move to, to Brazil, makes some money, wins, wins championships, yeah. um, and then decides that he wants to come back because mm-hmm. he loves it for his family. It wasn't just for sporting reasons, Correct. it was for his family as well. Yeah. Demir Krylak, mm-hmm. a, a similar position, wanted to, to bring his family here. Um, you've seen it, uh, and, and I think that you can keep players here, but you have to be competitive mm-hmm. because you're, it's a short career. They'll look to earn as much money as they possibly can, but they're also looking for silverware as well. And RSL looks so far out of it. When you looked at the, the players that came on tonight mm-hmm. off the bench, obviously Savarino was first of all. I, I you know, Quality is quality. I get that. Sure. But the other three that came on, is it enough? I know we're missing a few players. There's a few players that are injured. Mm-hmm. Is it enough depth in quality? I'm, I'm questioning that. But again, I'm looking forward to, to seeing how this season goes with a full complement and maybe two or three arrivals uh, before uh, the summer is over and done with. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll get some final thoughts as well as a look around how a match day five Major League Soccer went coming up next. This is the RSL post-match show right here on the RSL Radio Network. Welcome back to the RSL post-match show here on the RSL Radio Network. Real Salt Lake falls 4-0 to St. Louis City SC. The uh, STL, what are they calling them? They call them City. I know that they have like SLC as their um, 
like num their, their like shorthand on Apple TV, and I was like, Hell. "Excuse me, what? <laughs> you can't have that. That belongs to us." But nonetheless, uh, they are off to a five and zero start on the season. Our sales sinks to one three and zero. Obviously, a disappointing result. Uh, Lauren Beck, Spencer Warren, Jake Hatch breaking things down here. And as we go out the door here at Lauren, can you run down some of the scores around Major League Soccer tonight? Yeah, uh, a decent amount of goals, as we talked about. Not not too many the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. but after a pretty fun first week in Major League Soccer. Uh, Portland and L.A. play to a nil-nil draw. Charlotte and New York uh, also 1-1 draw. Mm-hmm. Columbus. Six to one home win against Atlanta. Um, they get the weekly great. golden boot, <laughs> and uh, and that's really exciting uh, for for us. His first game for them. It's come back to school. Yeah. yeah, really <laughs> excited that Columbus is looking mm. so good right now. Where's uh, RSL playing next? <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be, it's gonna be super fun. Um, DC United lost at home one to two against New England Revolution. Chicago also got a road win against Miami three to two. Orlando also with a road. So the the week of away wins in Major League Soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, Orlando also beating Philadelphia 2-1 to uh, on the road. Austin and Colorado played to a 1-1 draw. Houston got the home win against NYCFC 1-0. to Seattle Sounders were trailing to Kansas City 1-0 to at some point. Jordan Morris then scored four goals He said, this, 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 bad boy, this bad boy's over. I, I'm winning this bad Me boy. Me and my poorly bleached blonde hair are going to take over this game. Four to one road win for Seattle against Kansas City. Minnesota and Vancouver played to a 1-1 draw. Nashville lost at home to Cincinnati 0-1. to Real Salt Lake obviously losing uh, 4-0 to against St. Louis. LAFC got the home win 2-1 to against Dallas. And San Jose and Toronto played to a nil-nil draw. All right, as mentioned, uh, Columbus 6-1 over Atlanta United, an absolutely insane scoreline. Uh, RSL heads there next week, and uh, Spencer, uh, here's the thing. They score six goals. They're going to come back down to earth, you hope, because they may have bagged Because def- like, here's the thing, 6-1, that's an impressive output. In some ways, RSL's got to be thinking, okay, they may be a little bit out over their skis in a way. Maybe you can, you can catch them on the road. Well, let's hope because yeah. my beloved Reds beat Manchester United seven 0 and then lost one 0 to Bournemouth. Good so. point. That's a good yeah. point. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's, let's hope. Whiplash. <laughs> let's let's hope. Yeah. Touch wood. That <laughs> that's what here. Yeah. That's good enough. Okay. Yeah, that was a Definitely. great week. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that uh, that RSL licks their wounds, gets a couple of people back. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to see uh, Marcelo Silva. Um, with Vera at left back, sure. Brody switching over to the right, even though uh, Emily didn't did nothing wrong. But I mean, mm-hmm. I'd love to see that um, again. Maybe tweak something in the midfield. Again, I, I, I say it most weeks, but something has to change yeah. because carrying on like this, we cannot keep uh, the ball out the back of the net, and we can't put it in the back of the net either uh, at the other end. So uh, th- there needs to be some kind of change, um, and hopefully a good week of training with some people coming back and RSL. Builds in that first 45 that we saw. We're very, very excited, and, and maybe that's that's our own fault for being excited for the first 45 minutes. <laughs> but uh, it's been a while since ourselves put in a 90-minute performance in. No doubt they didn't yep. get that put together. Lauren, any final thoughts from you on the way out the door here? I, I mean, it's a it's a great result for Columbus tonight against Atlanta, mm-hmm. um, and they've won their two home games so far this year. They've lost two on the road and tied their other game mm-hmm. on the road. So yep. at home, they're looking good. Um, but overall, they're not that um, intimidating of a team. That being said, Real Salt Lake is not great on the road. Um, 
we've only seen two road matches so far for RSL this year, uh, one, one and oh mm-hmm. in that time. So it, I think there's a lot of positives to take out of the first 45 minutes of this game. And there's a lot of negatives to take out of the, for the last 45 minutes of this game. And again, you just have to hope that RSL can, can learn the lessons that they need to learn going into the next game because Columbus is two Oh and O at home and they're coming off of a very good win. Again, anything could happen. There's so much parody in this league. Um, but right now it's just, you've got to build up that confidence again after this drubbing at home and losing two consecutive games at home uh, for the first time to open the yep. home season ever in club history. Yep, it'll be a 5.30 first kick out there at lower.com field between Columbus and Real Salt Lake. We'll, be, of course, have pregame coverage starting at 4.30. Uh, join us then next week uh, for Lauren, for Spence, and for Christian back in the studio doing great things, pushing the ones and twos, producing this game. Uh, we'll be back next week. This has been your RSL post-match show as Real Salt Lake falls 4 nothing to uh, St. Louis City SC. We'll talk more with you guys next week. This has been the RSL post-match show right here on the RSL Radio Network. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.